So I'm going to do uh, verse 36 here. And then I think I'm going to go ahead and do 37 and 39 as well. Because I don't want to live, leave us on a cliffhanger. You know. <laughs> Translation. Mother Yashoda challenged Krishna. Quote. If you have not eaten earth, then open your mouth wide. Close quotes. When challenged by his mother in this way, Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda, to exhibit pastimes like a human child, opened his mouth. Although the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, who is full of all opulences, did not disturb his mother's parental affection, his opulence was automatically displayed, for Krishna's opulence is never lost at any stage, but is manifest at the proper time. So, I say you can repeat. Mother Yashoda challenged Krishna. Mother Yashoda challenged Krishna. If you have not eaten earth, if you have not eaten earth, then open your mouth wide. Then open your mouth wide. When challenged by his mother, when challenged by his mother, in this way, in this way, Krishna, Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda, the son of Maharaj and Yashoda, to exhibit pastimes, to exhibit pastimes, like a human child, like a human child, opened his mouth, opened his mouth. Although the supreme personality of Godhead, although the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna, Krishna, who is full of all opulences, who is full of all opulences, did not disturb his mother's parental affection, did not disturb his mother's parental affection. His opulence was automatically displayed. For Krishna's opulence, For Krishna's opulence is, never lost at any stage, is never lost at any stage, but is manifest at the proper time. Purport. Without disturbing the ecstasy of his mother's affection, Krishna opened his mouth and displayed his own natural opulences. When a person is given varieties of food, there may be a hundred and one varieties, but if one likes ordinary shock, spinach, he prefers to eat that. Similarly, although Krishna was full of all opulences, now, by the order of his mother, Jashoda, he opened wide his mouth like a human child and did not neglect the transcendental humor of mater uh, maternal affection. So I'll speak a little bit on this, and then we'll, if we have time, we'll go to the next one. So here we are, you know, the picture's unfolding. Uh, Krishna's eating the, the, the earth, he ate dirt, and his brother and his friends tattled on him. Mother, you shout out, Krishna ate dirt. And you can see this unfolding. So then Krishna, no, I didn't. They're all conspiring against me. Even my brother! My very brother's conspiracy against conspiring. It's a conspiracy, you see. So Mother Yashoda says, all right, if you haven't eaten dirt, open your mouth. So here we are at this moment, Krishna opens his mouth. So uh, I'm so tempted to go to the next verse because we all know the story, but I, you know, it's, we're, we're hanging on, as they say, hanging on the cliff, the cliffhanger. But let's talk about this a little bit. Um, <coughs> First of all, you know, offer my respectful obeisances to Srila Prabhupada. Omagyanti marindasya gananjanan shalakaya chakshur unmilitam jena tasmai shri gurve namaha. I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my respectful, humble obeisances unto him. So, uh, So this pastime, for some people, uh, it's kind of difficult to understand because the, the common concept of nowadays of uh, most religions in the world, their concept of, of God behaving in such a way as this, it's just kind of hard for them to swallow. It's kind of hard for them to see. How is it that you've got this God? He's like a little boy. They think of God, all right, well, he's, he's an old man up on, a crowd, up on a cloud, and he's in a really rotten mood. You know? 
you know, with the pillars of salt and all the stuff that he does to, you know, so he's in a really rotten mood. Some, sometimes people say, uh, who is this Christian? And I say, well, he's the same God that you read about in the Old Testament, but he's just in a much better mood. You know, he's not, he's not looking to punish anybody except demons. You know? So, uh, so people have this concept. They don't see how that you, you can have a God that you worship as the supreme personality of Godhead, and yet he's behaving like this little boy. He's eating dirt. Then he fibs. He fibs to his mother. No, Mom, I didn't do it. You know, you know we discussed the other night how some people have said, well, I just can't get the concept of, of a God that would steal. You know, that's supposed to be a no-no. Stealing is a no-no. And here you, you say your God steals. He steals butter and like that. And then we have to remind people, well, how can he steal what's his? You know, everything belongs to him. Everything emanates from God. So everything belongs to him. So, you know, if he comes and, uh, you know, if he, if, if, if he steals your glasses, well, I mean, they're his glasses, you know. So you could say he stole them. They have a pastime. You know, to, to get you riled and maybe chase after him. Krishna, give me my glasses back. And he's like, no, 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 no. You see. But ultimately, did he steal? No. No. Everything, uh, every atom that makes up the glasses or whatever it is, comes from him. It's all his mercy. Everything is a manifestation of his mercy. So we have to see uh, like this. So he's having these pastimes just to give joy to the devotees, you see. He doesn't want to strike on reverence. Otherwise, he could have assumed a whole different form than this beautiful baby Krishna, you see. He didn't have to do this. He could have been some, you know, he could have been the old man with the gray beard, you know, and stayed up in the clouds and just talked down to people. He could have done like that. But that's not Krishna's style. You see. He wants, instead of uh, striking fear and awe and reverence and demanding respect, he wants to inspire love. He wants to make you happy. He wants to give you pleasure. The pleasure of a beautiful boy, baby Krishna. You see. He, he's wanting to, to, to give you this. Uh, why? Because that gives him pleasure. When he sees the devotees are happy, he's very happy. You see? So sometimes people may say, well, then uh, if I do something that makes me happy, then that ought to make Krishna happy. Something that maybe not be directly connected with Krishna consciousness. I mean, do I have to be focused on this Krishna thing all the time? You know, give me a break. Do I have to focus on this thing? 24-7? 365? I mean, can I take a little deviation and, and, and do other things that are fun? Well, the answer is you can do anything you like. You can do what you like. You see? There's no gun to your head. Depends on where you want to go with your spiritual life. How do you want to relate with Krishna? You see? I talk, uh, I notice, uh, you know, as I travel around North America, there are many, many, uh, uh, for want of a better word, let's say deviations that I notice. All right? People are being affected by the material energy. When I say people, many of the devotees are being affected by the material energy. And it, it's, it's sometimes a very subtle situation. You know? It's not like very, very obvious at first, but then you hear that they're, uh, they're being attracted uh, by some politician. You know, this one devotee was telling me about Ron Paul. I'm not sure who Ron Paul is, but I think he's, he's a Texas guy. He's running for president. He was running for president. Did you hear know Ron? Yeah. And they're telling me about this guy and oh, what he stands for and everything. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know and I don't care. I really don't. 
they're all thieves and liars. And, uh, you know, first thing, when they start talking to me about a candidate, I say, let me ask you a question before we go any further. Does the guy, is he for or against abortion? Oh, well, he's for abortion. All right. I wouldn't vote for him if he's the last man on earth. Oh, but he's for all these other, oh, I don't care. He's for abortion. I'm not saying that abortion should be made uh, illegal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, my mind isn't big enough to think, you know, to wrap around that. I, I, w I wish it wasn't done. I wish people didn't kill their babies. Perhaps it needs to be illegal to prevent that. I don't know. You know, it, once it was, and then somehow it got worse. But that's, that's a horrible thing. So <clears throat> if you have two candidates, Typically, one is for, one's against abortion. All right, I think they're both thieves. They're both rascals. And they're out to get as much as they can. So if you have to vote, vote for the guy that's against abortion. I don't know where else to go with this. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but we see people that are uh, deviating. Um, there is a, a, a large movement um, large enough, I don't know how large, within our movement of people, devotees, who are becoming vegan. Have you noticed? Wow, that's great. I know. This is like... You know? Now, I think the vegans have a right to be vegans, and I think I think it's very kind, you know, here in the restaurant, we accommodate the vegans. Yeah. You know, they come here and they say, well, I'm, I'm vegan, I don't take milk. Oh, well, we have some nice preparations. You know, we don't say, well, look, you got to go someplace else because we take milk. So we get, well, no, we're not like that. No, we have so many nice preparations that are uh, vegan and we have not vegan. You know, because some people are, are just vegetarians. But <clears throat> when you see a movement within our movement of devotees who are not only becoming vegans, but preaching veganism, I'm, I'm thinking, how much, no, how much time do you spend with your nose in a book? You see? Just by reading, we should, we should know. Now, there's so many arguments, and I don't... These, all, these arguments were placed to Shiva Prabhupada about this, but the milk these days isn't this or it's that, and Prabhupada says, what can we do? We must, we must offer milk to Krishna. You know, it's required to take some... Uh, for human beings, it's required. Otherwise, how do you get B12? And there are many of them. Now, we don't take too much. There, there's a movement. There are some people who don't have, uh, they don't take sugar. Well, sugar, I don't know how bad sugar is for you, but I know Prabhupada ate sugar. You know? Prabhupada liked to sit out in the evening. You probably remember this. He would take a, a little bowl of white sugar and fresh puris right out of the beef. <coughs> and you take the puris and dip them in the sugar and, and keep them. Oh, yeah. And then uh, one reporter said to him, don't you know that white sugar is bad for you? Prabhupada said, nonsense. Now, a lot of sugar is very bad for you. And it depends on who you're talking to. For me, I'm not supposed to have any. For you, you know, you might be able to eat a pound a day and it not hurt you. I don't know. But we do know that it's not like if you eat it, you'll die. And salt is another thing. That, uh, you know, the, the New Agers have started these things, you know. Oh, salt will kill you. So in climates like this in Texas, we have people that go out and, and, and bicycle and work hard and cut back. At the same time, they've cut back on salt. And that's, that's not healthy. You know, salt is a, sodium is necessary for, I've done research because I've got a, a little bit of a heart problem. Sodium is necessary for the electrical connection in the heart. So, plus if you're cutting back salt, uh, then you drink these, these uh, Gatorade drinks or whatever, they're full of salt. They've got sodium in it. So, what are we doing? I, I ask what, sometimes, what are we doing? <coughs> we see <coughs> uh, a, a departure from uh, Krishna. Krishna is coming uh, to earth and he's giving us these wonderful pastimes. 
Then he sends his devotees, his pure devotees, write them down and encourage the books to be distributed. And here we are, we have the opportunity to, to immerse ourselves in this philosophy, in these stories, and everything is contained in these books. Everything. Absolutely everything. You know, this is not figuratively speaking. This is literally everything you need to know is in Prabhupada's books. You see, if you want to associate with Srila Prabhupada personally, read his books. If you want to know exactly what he wants and, and, and how to save yourself from repeated birth and death, you read these books. You see. So, uh, it's just like this prayer we say, Omagan Timarinda Sha Ananjanan Shalakaya Chakshu Unalitamjana Tasmai Sri Guravainamaha. I have to remind myself daily that I was born in the darkness of ignorance. Now, what does that mean? I was born into ignorance. Someone could say, well, I don't know, my father was a PhD in, math, in mathematics. You know, he wasn't ignorant. Well, could your father tell you how to go back to Godhead? You know? He might have had so many uh, degrees and so intelligent, very high IQ, but if you, if you can't find your way back to Godhead, you're just simply a lost soul. Maybe a very uh, educated lost soul, but your destiny is about the same as the poor guy who has a low IQ and no education. Another lost soul. You see? So there's so many things that we can learn. We can get degrees. We can go to school and learn this and learn that. You see? And then in a crowd of people, when they might touch on something, we have our degree and we can say, oh yes, and also, and we can you know, expand on it and tell them all this basically nonsense. Basically, it's nonsense. Now, somebody may say, well, well how could it be nonsense if I know rocket surgery? I say rocket surgery because you say rocket science and brain surgery and rocket surgery. So if I know this, don't I know a lot? Oh, from the view of a materialist, perhaps. But we're trying to leave that behind, you see. We're trying to put on a different face. Everyone here has, has, has at least had a, uh, a run-in with Maya, the material energy. We're feeling like, you know what, this world just isn't complete as it is. It's not giving me everything that I want. Otherwise, we would, we would say, we would thumb our nose at this philosophy. No, no, thank you. I, I like the material energy. I like my life, I like everything, everything is bright, you know. I don't really need God, nor do I want Him. I don't need to pursue this, you see. So for us to make this step, and it's a bold step to come, become a devotee of Krishna, there is some, not only a desire to get closer to God, but a realization that this material world stinks. It's broken. And I don't like it. And I'd like to leave this place. I'd like to go on. There's something better. I want something better for me. You know? And <clears throat> the next thing we find ourselves feeling is, not only that, I want something better for you and you and, and everybody out there. You see? As we have our, what's that word? Uh, epiphany. Isn't it? We have our... our is that realization? I have my realization that ah, uh, I get it. I understand now. You know, see, when we go through that, we start to see how rotten the material world is. When we look back and think, "My gosh, why was I so nutty about that?" You know, I mean, you know, back in the '60s, I was crazy about rock and roll music, and I thought, uh, you know, my heroes were like <coughs> Jimmy Page and. Jimi Hendrix and you know, the Moody Blues. You know, I thought the Moody Blues were telling me things about spiritualism. And uh, but later on, they were interviewed. And they were, one of them, I saw this 
clip of an interview of one of them, I think it was Justin Hayward. Anyway, he was saying, you know, people always thought that we were saying spiritual things, like we had spiritual knowledge. But we didn't have any spiritual knowledge. If you listen to our music, we were asking questions. You know, we were inquiring. We didn't know. We didn't have a clue. You see? They were just intelligent enough that, to wonder. You see? So, this material world uh, has kind of beaten us up a little bit. We're all thinking, you know, I don't think I like the way, I don't, just to be, to live my life the way uh, I've lived it so far in this material world uh, is not acceptable. I need something more. So, therefore, I'm approached an organization with a philosophy that will deliver me, you see. So when we do that, we need to let go of this other stuff. We don't need the influence. If some really cool people come to the temple and they're dressed really cool and they look, boy, they're hip. Uh, awesome, that's the word they use. They're awesome. We don't use cool anymore, do we? Huh? Do we? I do, but... Okay, then you're cool. Thank you. All right. Cool. I thought I'd like you to... Or awesome. Or you see these people that you admire, and you think, well, I'm like this. I I'm impressed by them. So what happens? The mental process is, wow, I'm impressed with them. I see this guy or this, this group of people, and I'm thinking, wow, now I would like you and you and you to react to me the way I reacted to them. Because when I saw them, the way they wore their hair, their clothes, the things they talked about, the things that they stood for, I just was wowed. So now my false ego wants, I want you to see me the way I see them. So I need to emulate them. You see? So I'm going to go buy a pair of shoes like that guy had. And I'm going to get a, a do like that. And, you see? And uh, this guy was talking, you know, really bad about the way they treat cows. And he's a vegan. I'm a, I want to be a vegan too. You know, after all, I want you to be as impressed with me as I was with him. You see? So that little bit of contamination reaches right in, right in here, right in the, in the temple room. Huh? Why? We took our eye off the ball. How do you hit the ball if you take your eye off of it? You see? We take our eye off of it, you know, we blink and we miss it. You see? I'm not saying that when you do that you're damned to hell, you're bad, you know, you should be excommunicated, you know, cut your sheep off and get thrown out. I'm just saying, you know. Shucks, you know, I missed that pitch. I was spacing out. You know, so when you do that, you think, well, I'm not going to do this again. Now you may do it again, but you see, you, you kind of, you, you knuckle down. And you focus. And you get back. Uh, what is it? Henry Ford was quoted as saying, um, obstacles are these nasty little things that get in our way when we take our mind off uh, our mission. When we take our mind off our mission. This is a powerful guy, you know, a very smart guy. Obstacles are these little things that get in our way when we take our when we, when we take our eye off our mission. In other words, if you're focused on your mission, you don't even notice these things. You see, there aren't any obstacles. You go over, under, around, or through anything that gets in your way from your mission, and your mission is to achieve. Love of Godhead. You see? That's it. That's it. Don't want anything else. You don't want anything else. Recognition? Don't need it. Huh? Looking really awesome and cool? Don't need it. Sounding intelligent? Don't need it. If you can speak out of these books, that's all the intelligence you need. Other than that, you can say, you can sit and speak out of this book and then close it up and say, other than that, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything else. Now, well, what do you think about nuclear fission? Don't know a thing about it. Well, what about politics? Don't have a clue. 
Well, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. My mind's a blank. Take this book away from me, my mind's a blank. I don't know. I don't have a clue, I don't have an opinion, and I don't want one. That'll make you kind of awesome to people. You see? And people, they look at you and say, really, this is all you do? Yeah, I'm afraid so. You mean, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're always like this? Yeah, that's, I don't have anything else. I don't, I don't know anything else. I don't have a favorite TV show. I don't have a favorite actor. No favorite sports. I don't know any, I don't, I don't know any baseball player's name or football. I don't. I'm an idiot. I'm a village idiot. You take this book away from me and I'm a fool. Give me the book and I'm a fool with the book. You see? Without the book, I'm just a fool, I'm just an idiot. But you give me this and the lights go on. This is the torchlight of knowledge. You see? You give me this and now the room is bright I can see. Take it away. I'm just like anybody else, speculating rambling around, trying to impress, being impressed, trying to be like those who impress me. I'm caught in the loop, you know? It's like the, the, the hamster that runs on the, the little wheel, you know, it's running, 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 it's not going anyplace. Just running, you know, caught up in the loop. <coughs> That's the nature of the material energy, to catch you in the loop. That's the purpose of that material energy. The purpose of material energy is to, is to keep you occupied and to keep you focused on her mission. Her mission is to keep you here. You came here looking for something other than Krishna. Well, there isn't anything other than Krishna. But let me give you an illusory perception that there are things. Here, try this one and try that one. And here, what, what do you think about this? And, and gee whiz, we're going to have uh, 3D television. Don't you want to hang out for that? They actually have that now. You know that? Yeah. I don't know how popular it is, but I, I heard that they actually have 3D television. Have you heard of that, Mother? Yeah. You know, I mean, they see what they do. Then first of all, they have H. And an HD TV and I was talking with this guy <clears throat> who kind of had the inside scoop he was he, he, he knew really well about technology and things like that and I said is this HD TV thing going over big or everybody, is everybody running out to buy an HD TV he said oh yeah yeah there's, there's one and he said but uh, they've already got something that's even better than that I said really he said yeah that was HD 3D and that's going to be coming out in a couple of years. And that was a couple of years ago. So you see what they do. You know, they keep on a little bit more. Okay, now you bought that and you love it. Now, wouldn't you like to have this? Now you got this and you love that. How about some of these? You know, it's a, you're just like a little hamster on a wheel. So caught up in that. So we can't be affected by these outside forces. And it's so easy. All we have to do is to take our mind off the ball. Take our mind off our mission. Now, some people may say, well, you keep talking about taking my mind off my mission. Oh, I don't have a mission. Well, you need to get a mission. Even if it's just me, I want to go back to Godhead. I want to learn to love Krishna. That's a mission. It's even a better mission a more merciful mission if I want to learn to love Krishna and I want to be able to give that to you and to you and to all of you, to everybody. I'd like to be able to give it to everybody that I meet. Can you imagine if you could give, if you had Krishna praying and you could give it freely? Wow. You know, if you want to impress people, that sure as heck would do it. That would make friends and influence people. If you could do that, you see. So, uh, and, and I only say this, I, I, I get on this because I know, uh, I see so many uh, deviations 
you see. There, there are folks in the movement that uh, think uh, we don't need our clothes. What do, we, what do we need this stuff for? Why can't we dress like everybody else? Huh? What's wrong with that? Don't we kind of turn people off? I mean, it's nice to dress like that. Don't you think you kind of turn them off a little bit? That's Maya. That's illusion. If, a, if, a, if you see a cop in plain clothes, how much authority do you have? Do you give him? Do you even know he's a cop? See a guy out directing traffic in plain clothes? Maybe I don't want to stop. Who's this guy anyway? Who does he think he is? Maybe he really is a cop. An off-duty cop. He's directing. I didn't have a star or a uniform. And if I don't want to sit here, I may not have to. I'm in a kind of a hurry. Who's this knucklehead out here directing traffic, you know? You see? When I met the devotees, uh, I started talking to the devotees, and I noticed the person I'm talking to had a shaved head with a shikha, was wearing dhoti and korta and bright tilak. And I remember what was going through my mind. I was thinking, you know, you believe this stuff, don't you? I mean, you whacked off that hair. In those days, we all had long hair. You whacked off your hair and you put that stuff on your head and you wrapped up in a sheet. I think you're committed. Now, I don't know if what you're saying is right, but I'm convinced that you believe it. You've made a commitment. So, it gave credibility. Right away, credibility. Now, I'm going to have to see if I buy into it. And I'm kind of leaning that way because... You know, when you see somebody's energy that's convinced, like a good salesman's convinced about his product, kind of pulls you in, doesn't it? You know? Like, this is the greatest thing. You've got to try it. I'm telling you. So, these things about the devotees, uh, if it were just fine to wear uh, plain clothes, Western clothes, if it would have been even better, don't you think our founder Acharya would have come over here with a suit and tie? Prabhupada was no slow case. He wasn't lacking at all in intelligence. He was directed by Guru and Krishna. Now, don't you think Krishna would have said, "All right, you know, here's what I want you to do. You want you to see if you can get some Armani clothing, you know, wear a nice tie. You're going to be in New York." Hmm? Maybe a little hair, hide the shika a little bit. No. Prabhupada came as a sannyasi. Dodi, Tila, Kurta. And what did he do? Uh, kirtan, Krishna Kirtan, Krishna Kata, Krishna Prasada. He didn't pull anything cute out of his sleeve. He just did the basics. And what happened? He built a movement all over the world. So now an intelligent man that wants to achieve something, first thing he says is, all right, has this been done before? Well, yes. Well, was it successful? Oh, very. What did they do? Well, that Hare Krishna Kirtan, Hare Krishna Prasadam, and... Uh, you know, Hare Krishna Pata. Oh, okay, well then, and that works, huh? Yeah, well, let's do that. Not to say, well, you know what? We need to really think. Is there something new we can do? Are you doing the stuff that worked? Are you doing it enough? It's proven to work. I'm not saying that if you can think of new ways to bring new faces in here, you don't do it. I'm not saying that. I mean, if you can think of new ways... Fantastic. But I'm trying to defeat the argument that if we loosened up and looked more like the folks that we're trying to attract, maybe they'd feel more comfortable around us. You see? Maybe if we took away the, the dress of the Hare Krishna, then 
we could be welcomed into the society. We're already welcomed into the society. When I travel, when I'm flying on airplanes, I dress just like I am right now. And uh, whether I'm in America, Europe, uh, I'm not even going to count India, but in, you know, India's in India they 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 treat you're a devotee, they treat you like a movie star. You know, but f flying in America, people come up to me and they say, and they go, they'll offer prayer. You know, excuse me, sir, are are you a monk? Well, yes, I am. Oh, really? Are are you a Hare Krishna? Well, yes, I am. Wow, where have you people been? You used to be in the airport all the time. We saw you. you used to go singing up and down the streets where I lived in my town. Oh, that was so nice, you know. So well, we're still there. A lot of people say, "Oh, I'm amazed that you're still there. I thought you were gone." You know, I thought the world would swallow the Hare Krishna's up. No, no, we're still there. So, you see, sometimes people want to buy me food, and, and, and I'm thinking, "No, no, I don't want you to buy me. I don't want the stuff that they've got here at the airport." You get a flight, you know, sometimes a three-hour layover someplace, whatever. So people are wanting. So I've learned that the thing to do, they really, really, really want to do something. So I'll let them buy me some water, even if I already have some in my bag. You know, because they really want to. So I'm going, I can use some water. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll be right back, you know. They're so nice. You know, there's no... Now, back in the, in the, in the early 70s, people used to make fun of us. They would see us out on Haridam. They would say, ah, you, are you Christians? Get a job! Get a job, you idiots! You know. And I think most of the people that were in that age group in those days, they're all dead now. But, you know, but the world, we are part of society. We already are. We don't have to try to blend in to the society. We already are a part. And sometimes we just don't realize the position that we have in society. So, if you're going to give a class in a yoga studio, and that's what I do a lot, I give classes in yoga studios, and I know some devotees who say uh, that they're going to start doing that, but they're going to wear yogi pants and maybe a, a t-shirt that has something real cute on it, you know, like an own, some cute saying, you know, maybe a little bit of hair, so that people won't feel so uncomfortable, you know. Well, you're also going to be giving away some credibility. Because they're going to be sitting there thinking, all right, what's so special about you? You're dressed just like me. So you, what's so special about what you're saying? What, what's your credibility? What's your credential? You see? But if you go dress like a devotee, then people think, you know, I, I'm convinced that you're convinced about what you're talking about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be walking. You wouldn't be walking the streets dressed like that. They're, they're impressed. It gives. It magnifies what you say. You know, a hundredfold. I don't. I don't know, but a lot. You see, it gives potency to it. So, um, I beg every devotee. You know, please, let's stick to the mission. Let's stay focused. Let's not take our eye off the ball. If you can find something new that gets people in the door or gets us in their door, fabulous. But let's be, what, what, what is it Prabhupada called us? We are the Hare Krishna people. That's not what Prabhupada refers to us. We're the Hare Krishna people. You know? We already have... Uh, um, that, you know, the corporations have an image, you know, they have logos and things that they don't change and they protect. You know, we already have that image going. We don't want to start something. That would be foolish. From a business standpoint of view, that would be idiot. We already have this momentum. We have 50 years of momentum. You know, we have an image. So many people know of us, or at least if they don't know, if they don't know about the Hare Krishna people, they know we're of Eastern philosophy. When they see you dressed like that, they know you're, you're this has something. And Eastern philosophy is really in and awesome and hip now. You see, so either way, it, it's an advantage.
So when we go on Hari Nam, especially, let's, um, as they say in the army, suit up for the sports. You suit up. You tell, tell the Brahmacharis, okay, suit up. It's time for Hari Nam. You see, not absolutely necessary. You know, you're not a jerk if you don't wear a dhoti, you know, on Hari Nam. But boy, it sure is nice. Sure is sweet. You know, we have dhotis and saris. Because we're the Hare Krishna people and we want to we want to go we want people to see the Hare Krishna people. Yeah. When somebody sees you wearing uh, wearing tilak, even if it's on so light that they can't see it, but when they see you wearing tilak, they make advancement. So alright, any any questions or comments? change what they're doing. They've stopped what they're doing. They're looking at you and it's different. But if you can kind of get a little bit incognito, uh, it's just so you can kind of watch and you know, listen to them and see what they, how they react with each other. Because we're a little isolated, you know, and here amongst devotees. We're a little isolated from that. Thank God. So once in a while, if we're trying to save them, we need to know a little bit about them. So I'm not saying, God, you know, if if uh, if people want to come to the programs and then when they leave the program they change into uh, street attire. I don't like the word Tommy clothes, right? Like street clothes, you know. You put on street clothes, plain clothes, whatever. That's fine. And go out and do your your daily. You know, if you're doing some most many kinds of service, will are going to ruin your your dodi equipment. So you might want to put on jeans or something, a t-shirt or a shirt that you want you can throw it, toss away. You know, you can get for a couple of bucks at Walmart rather than spend ten bucks for a quarter. You see? So there's logistics involved. What I'm saying is to be uh, repulsed by the clothing. There's something broken about that. And some people say, well, you don't have to dress like an Indian to, to, to love Krishna. I say, pardon me, have you ever been to India? We're walking down the street in India, dressed in a dhoti and kurta. Even if you're in Vrindavan, 
you're going to be the only guy on the street wearing a doughy. They dress in western cloth, except for most of the women. Most of the women will wear stars. When you see somebody in India wearing a doughy, you know this guy's got some spiritual, something spiritual going on. Either he's a spiritual guy, or he's pretending to be a spiritual guy. He could be a sahaja, you know, pretender. But at least he's different, you see. And you see a few shadus. But walking down the street in Namadui, or, you know, or even down to the Ghat from Mayapur, you know, down uh, to take the boat across the Ganga to um, Namadui. The only time you see somebody in, in, in spiritual clothing, Dodi and Kurta, is another devotee, maybe from one of the other months down the way. But the people, it's, it's not Indian clothing. You see. So, yes, Mother? Um, Gangeya used to, we would have our manager, you know, talk about preaching and what's the best strategies and stuff. And he would always say that um, when people come, they have to feel that it's something that they could join, they could see themselves there. And so sometimes, you know, the clothes could be could be a put off. Or like on Harinam, if someone's in street clothes also, then people may think, well, it's not just a cloistered group, I could actually join because I see normal, normal looking people there. And it's not just you know, all priests or, you know, whatever the thing is, it's not just a closed group, but actually it's open and I see other kind of people dressed like I am, so yeah. I could. So what, do you, what would you say about that? Well, um, between us, family, I, I would I would say that somebody. I, here's what I would think. This wasn't what I'm not, what I wouldn't say. But what I what I would think is, um, if they're thinking, well, I I want something more like me. I'm thinking, well, you're you're a nut. You know, I mean, you are in the darkness of ignorance. You were born in the same place I was, darkness of ignorance. So. Here you are, you're in the darkness of ignorance. You don't even know that you're in the darkness of ignorance. And so, yeah, you're going to want things to be more like you. But you don't need things that are like you. You need, some, you need something different. Uh, what is it? The definition of insanity is to do the same thing repeatedly, expecting different results. That's ins insanity. I keep doing something... <clears throat> And I, I think it's the result will, will, will be something different. Do it again and again. So no, you need to do something different to get different results. Now, I would never say this to anyone, you know, that I'm, I'm preaching to. But you see what I'm... No, we need to give them an alternative. We get, need to give them a spiritual alternative to their material situation. Because they have a material problem and they're trying to solve it. Everybody has a, a material problem. And they're trying to solve it with material means. That doesn't work. You need a spiritual solution. You know, to your spiritual problem and your material problem. You need a spiritual solution. And that's what we are. And when they come to that, that, that sounds good to say it like that. Well, if they came here and we're all dressed like this, then they'd feel more comfortable. Um, uh, yes, somebody who, uh, who, who smokes marijuana that goes to somebody's house and smells marijuana in the air is going to feel more comfortable. A person that smokes uh, cigarettes and he comes to your house and, and sees an ashtray, immediately he loosens up, you see. If I'm an alcoholic and I come to your apartment and I see you've got a bar, oh, I'm loosening up, you know. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling at home. And none of this is any good for me. So there's something defective about that thought. You know, that we don't want them to come here and feel, oh boy, this is exactly like the way I live. You know, if, if you're all, if they're all if they already have Krishna praying, let's go to their house. You see? So it it sounds like a sweet sentiment, but if they're upside down in their spiritual life, 
that when they come around, those of us who are not upside down, we're right side up and on the, on the right path, there's going to be some conflict. There's going to be. We just have to make that, uh, we, we have to bridge that gap as uh, gracefully as possible by giving them our love and to care for them and to really want to save them and to help them, you see. And we do that by being us. The greatest service that you can do, uh, mankind, is to be a devotee of Krishna. If you're a devotee of Krishna, you can save the world. You can save everybody. If you go out on Harinam, dressed like a devotee, singing, you know, we, you know, and if we if we take that philosophy even further, well, why should we not only let's just let's just dress like in street clothes, so nobody can tell then who's all with us unless it's, it's just some people following along. You can't tell, but why don't we change the tunes to like some maybe Frank Sinatra tunes too? You know, you know. We'll sing Hare Krishna to strangers in the night. You know? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Or maybe we'll do it to a rock beat or a reggae beat. Why don't we do that? That's more acceptable. You know, let's get as, as much like them as we can. Just so they won't feel uncomfortable. No, that's, that, that's broken logic. That's sentiment. It's not clear thinking because they are broken. Their lives are, uh, are a train wreck. They're upside down. They're suffering like everything. And we've got the key. You know, we've got the message uh, that will help them. And, it, it, you know, the, the medicine in the beginning may taste a little bitter. You know, it's like Prabhupada's analogy that when you have jaundice, the, the cure is sugar candy. But it, when, you, when you have jaundice and you take sweet, it aches. It, it's so bitter it makes your jaw hurt. But yet that's the medicine. But if you keep taking it, all of a sudden when you start to get well, then it tastes sweet again. You see? So when we take our spiritual medicine, it may taste a little bitter in the beginning, but we keep on doing it, and then it suddenly starts. It's it's sweet. So, all right. All glory to Shiva Prabhupada. Thank you. Yeah.